welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 23. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. And how are you doing tonight, John? Again, I'm feeling fantastic, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I uh, I need to cover this one because I want to actually want to cover the other two more than this one because I thought the other two were better than this one, but this one was pretty fun. But a lot of new names on here. We learned a lot of new faces. So uh, this was a fun show. So I, I want to get through this one just because I really want to get to the next two uh, on our next two episodes. So we are covering tonight's GCW's TNT Extreme Supreme. Coming to us from Hangar 34 in Liverpool, England. And uh, I know you have some pre-show remarks. So what was your thoughts before the show started, John? Okay, so this is the first time TNT Live has been on Fight TV. So congratulations to them. Also, we have two British announcers tonight, the British announce team. No GCW reps on the mic here. Um, fantastic. Very different to listen to. And I really liked it because, um, well, it was just different. And honestly, if we're going to get something different than what we're used to, it has to be something semi-quality. And, and I think the announce team was fairly good quality you know we but we shoot straight to the hangar and there are gcw chants everywhere it felt so welcoming it was nice to hear and um yeah that's what i saw right from the beginning yeah i like to like i know uh, we were talking about kg last time where this was one i didn't mind not hearing kg just because it was this wasn't a gcw label show really it was the tnt show even if like you look it up on uh gcw's um cage match it's not on gcw section so this was labeled as a tnt extreme and this was kind of a tnt extreme production so with gcw wrestlers with gcw providing the outlet on fight tv for tnt extreme so i didn't mind this one because with the as you said the commentary team was i'm going to assume the same people from uh tnt that are always there because i never uh, heard of, I heard of them before, but I never really saw any of their shows. So I'm going to assume this is their normal team. And it kind of gave a authentic TNT ex extreme feel to it because uh, obviously the commentary team was uh, English and had the strong English accent from being from Liverpool and stuff like that. So it gave it a different dynamic. But once I realized too, there was not like even the tag, the hashtag that night was TNT extreme. It wasn't GCW anything. So this was one show I didn't mind not having the normal like in-ring crew, uh, like MLJ. I think he maybe popped in a match here too during this show. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we definitely did have a different commentary team. So it was kind of a different aspect or feel to it just because it wasn't a GCW production, but I didn't mind it because it kind of add authenticity to it in my eyes. And really the first thing I saw and I know you have it in your notes there, but like my first impression when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, look at that bright toilet sign off to the right. Like, that's all I kept on talking about like all night. It's like, oh, someone's got to go to the toilets. It's right there. Nice and easy for all the drunk people in Liverpool at the show. Like just a big old neon flashing light, which is fun seeing all night long. Yeah, I'll eliminate that note I had, real quick I, had there. To steal, I didn't steal that note, but that was like the first thing, like pre-show impressions for me. That was the first one. I'm like, oh, no MLJ. Oh, what? A toilet sign. What's going on? Like, what kind of venue is this? And it was fun. It was pretty cool seeing the whole setup, the ring. And um, yeah, it was a it was a fun start. The crowd was super loud right away with the GCW stuff. And oh, I've man. never seen them go to like england before i've seen the gcw when they did the, J the japan shows and i know how over they are in japan um and i was kind of shocked even though i guess i shouldn't be of how 
badly this uh, Liverpool crowd wanted to see a GCW show. Even though, like I said, this was a TNT production, it still had a lot of the GCW talent and kind of the feel for it a little bit, even though the production was different. It had, it did feel like a GCW show for sure. Um, yeah, this soccer influence that's over in England obviously is there and it permeates all through their sports. And that includes wrestling at this point. I was really happy to hear that. Um, it puts the American fans to shame. I mean that in a good way. Obviously, yeah. we can learn some things from them because these chants are fantastic and they're a hell of a lot more. Um, they're just a hell of a lot more engaged. Yeah. And uh, Stephen A and Alex Clone, they kind of talked about these shows beforehand. And I think Stephen A made a good point of he made a comment saying like, hey, like us American fans, like we're lazy with our chance, man. This is all like, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. Ohio. Fuck you, Tony. Fuck. It's just always fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's like there's nothing really to it other than you just change the name. And he gave credit to this England fan, the, the Liverpool fans, because you could hear all night long. As you said, the soccer, the soccer influenced the fans. They were like they were singing whole songs and changing like lyrics and names, but still keeping a beat. It's like they do chants awesome. And. That like that was I think a big point of this whole weekend was the fans. Like I definitely want to give every Liverpool DCW fan out there credit because I think you guys added a lot more to the show by how into it you were, how knowledgeable you were of the GCW wrestlers as well, and the the chance and the energy that they brought all night long, every single match. That's what made it feel like a GCW crowd. But I loved the whole Liverpool fans kind of like taking it over with the different chants and the different songs and stuff like that. So I thought that was very cool too. As you said, uh, the England crowd kind of using the sports kind of culture and chants into the GCW ring. I, I loved it. Yeah. From us American fans over here to the British fans, much love, dude, you guys rock. It was so cool to hear how GCW is going to be received on the other side of the pond. Nick Wayne ends up kicking off this show. How cool was it to see him trot out first? It was just, you know, here comes art. I don't know when it's someone else's show and we have to show up on it and really um, represent ourselves. Here comes that sense of pride. Yep. You know, so I'm like, OK, you know, who's coming out? We're talking, you know what, our our uh, one of our best up against their champion. And he looked good. Uh, he, Nick Wayne went up against Dan Maloney, who is the TNT Extreme Championship even though the belt was not on the line during this match, they made a specific point on that. They were like, I think they even made a mention like the extreme belt, but not the TNT extreme belt will be defended during this trip, but it's the GCW extreme belt. And I kind of like how they made mention to that because that just kind of shows even the announcers were all over of the GCW. Like they were knowledgeable and aware of Paul Radrick being a extreme champion as well, but the GCW. So I thought that was cool of commentary to do and. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I think they made mention, I think MLJ made mention on not this night, but one of these other nights when he hopped on commentary of saying like, Hey, you fans need to, you American fans. When we get back there, you guys better start stealing some of these Liverpool chants because they were awesome and we could do it and make it a little bit better. So it's like a challenge thrown out there to the, to the AC crowd. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge the AC crowd because I think that's where they go next uh, when they come back in the States and seeing if they could bring the energy and the more creative chance to uh, the GCW atmosphere at the Showboat Arena. And I didn't know much of Dan Maloney. He looked good. Like, he looked like a future star, and he had the good look. And I thought right away, just seeing the body types and kind of how the sides and stuff like that with Nick Wayne, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good, fun match and very fast-paced. And it definitely delivered in my eyes with the pace of the match. What was your thoughts on the match? 
I thought it was cool to hear the Nick fucking Wayne uh, chants, but I'm laughing. Uh, okay, so there was a part where these guys were uh, singing out in the crowd. You know the song, he's got the whole world yep. in his hand. Well, uh, it ended up being he's got a black heart on his ass. He's got <laughs> a black. I, I thought that was freaking fantastic. I couldn't even hold in the laugh while I was trying to read that there. And I like how uh, he just like he like sat there and like looked at the crowd and was like, yeah, you're yeah. right, I do. Good job recognizing it. Good chant. Like Even that got a chant, which is, I think, like I said, the fan brought a lot to all this all three shows and i loved the fans all throughout the night you know they do it to be recognized so if you see the black heart i mean hey it's cool i wonder if that'll <laughs> transfer over to america because that is kind of funny we could do that for blake christian <laughs> uh, you know what if he's cool with it we're cool with it uh, this this match really took the temperature of how wayne can take on you know how he can perform on a bigger stage because this was one of the matches where i could see a couple things that um wayne still needs to work on a little bit none of these are in a bad way it's just i can see some things now that i normally wouldn't see before when you get up against a more classic uh style wrestler that stays with his boots on the ground and he sticks to more classic style holds and um we saw it here and i think this is really a good thing because if anybody's ever owned a business or if they've ever built anything before and they really cared about the project, one of the most imp important pieces of information you can have about the project is what went wrong. So I'm not even saying there was much that nothing went wrong, but I could tell you that there was a couple things there that I can see now that I would like to see uh, Nick Wayne improve upon and he will through time. It was just, this was the first time I saw somebody kind of stretch his boundaries a little more than usual. And I think I I don't know this is like I I don't know if you know the answer too but like I think this is the first time I've seen Nick Wayne go overseas like out, outside the states and wrestle I don't know if he's gone over with any other company yeah. to another overseas stuff but like seeing the reaction so, that he got oh god no 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 um uh, so there was some bullshit that happened I don't know if you remember where Wayne uh, oh the yeah yep, yeah I forgot about that my bad yep I did forget about that trip yeah. Well, I thought that yeah. was like I was thinking about that too, but I thought that was cool. Like, hey, this is the first time maybe over there with this company and these fans and the reaction that he got from kind of being an unknown. The kind of like how I felt during maybe not this show, but the next two shows, I've seen some wrestlers I've never seen before, and my first impression of them was like, holy shit! And I just like think that Nick Wayne got that impression over with the UK fans of their maybe their first time seeing Nick Wayne wrestle overseas and in person. It's like, holy shit, this kid's good and. I, I just liked how they reacted to him and kept on cheering for him, even though the Dan Maloney, I'm going to assume he's a heel over there because he was kind of getting some booze too. Baby. And like he's you a said, baby face. Oh, he is a baby face? Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's wow. their baby face champion. Yeah, that's it. that was interesting though. Like I kind of liked how Nick Wayne kind of had a lot of the chance over there. And like yeah. you said, I kind of was found it territorial where like, hey, I'm rooting for my GCW guys. I don't mm -hmm. know who any of these other guys are. And then I would think the same crowd would be, hey, this is well, he's our guy. You're not going to come in our place and beat us, but they all cheered for Nick Wayne. So it was, it was interesting seeing him get a different reaction or a good reaction from a different crowd. Oh, yeah, because you always worry about, you know, are we living in this tunnel where every time Nick Wayne comes out, we just love him and that's that. It's nice to see him dropped into a bucket that he's never been in before and see how fans react to him. And they were absolutely loving him from yeah. the beginning all the way to the end and i could kind of tell that towards the end he was winning over more fans and that's mm -hmm. part of that it factor mixed with the physicality that's just fantastic that you know only wayne really does the first two minutes of this match basically they were just both showing off a lot of hard-hitting shots 
actually it was so hard hitting it was it was like grudge match like yeah they were really they were really rough with each other i loved it i loved it high quality wrestling that kind of goes into my last point where you get up against someone that really has their shit together and really knows what they're doing and you you take that new kid in there you're gonna see some things and I'm not unhappy about it at all. He basically got Wayne got his ass kicked a good chunk of this match. Yeah, Maloney. I mean, really, Maloney looked good. Like I, I didn't even think about it until literally you just said it. Now I was like, oh shit, he's like there in England. Like where there's a different style of wrestling out there. They're more mat based and laying in the strikes and stuff like that. Where, and I, I just thought about it. Like Maloney did all that stuff, but then you could kind of see how maybe they've evolved out there with their high flying stuff because you got uh, yes wrestlers like this like Dan, Dan Maloney like he was did a couple moves off the top rope and stuff like that and I just loved seeing a, like a mixture of the ground technique and the strong striking but now it looks like they kind of evolved out there we kind of see like a European wrestler now is out there doing crazy high flying moves and stuff like that so I thought this that was pretty cool seeing uh Maloney be able to work all those kind of different styles in the grudge match. Yeah, I felt like this was, hey, this is the first part. Even though this one wasn't GCW versus TNT, that was later on. Like this first match felt like, hey, we're going to set the tone for these next three days where it is GCW versus TNT and we're going to see who's the most extreme or violent company there is out there. And I thought that was cool. Like I loved the atmosphere of everything. Their champ put over Wayne. Yep. That's what I really want to say. If anything, you know, putting over Wayne as a champion was a total, um, that was just such a gentleman move. That was really something else. There was no ego involved in that decision. He still got his win, but it was just, it was absolutely fantastic. A lot of near falls in this match. I was really surprised by how many near falls, but the point again was to make Nick yep. Wayne looked good, and they 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 did a fantastic job of that. This was the first time together between these two, and I still think they did really well. I do want to see more of Maloney. Amen. I don't know in what capacity, but if we yeah, if we can see him again, that would be great. Um, let's see here if I have anything else that I really want to mention. We didn't mention the winner, but after the match, it was really cool to see him lay down that belt, say, "Hey, man, when you want to, here we go." And then he shook his hand and said, "You ain't seventeen, motherfucker." And everybody's <laughs> laughing. Yeah. I, I yeah, Dan Maloney does pick up the victory with the <laughs> Driller Killer. I never seen. I didn't know what it was called. It was like when I heard him, like oh, and then I heard it multiple times throughout the that weekend from him because we saw more Dan Maloney. But uh, yeah, that that was impressive. I don't know how Dan Maloney is. He looks very kind of not too young, but like in his at least early twenties, he still looked like too. I don't know how old he is, but after seeing this match, I immediately thought after Nick Wayne, I want to see him going against Titus Alexander. Like that would be a phenomenal matchup. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Wow. You have a really good point there. Also, yeah, that Drillakilla, dude, that's a badass move. Yeah, it was pretty cool. The way he caught Wayne in it, it was just wow. And I'm wondering if he catches everybody in it like he caught Wayne, because Wayne's Wayne's a little on the light side for the average wrestler when you get up to a certain level. For sure. And yeah, I want to see how he catches a 225 pounder. <laughs> but yeah, Maloney was strong too. Uh, he had a real strong showing overall, man. Yeah, if he if he comes through. Um, if TNT ever comes over our way here, which I believe they are, I a hundred percent hope that he comes on board too. He's just, he's a strong face. You know, he's got the jawline, everybody he's likable. They give him a good, they give him a good push obviously with the company and, and it seems like he carries it really well. He didn't have to go out there and make Wayne look good at all. Yeah. He's one of those ones that now after seeing the first match, I, I want to go check out more of his work in TNT and yes. kind of see, I also want to learn more about TNT as well but like this was 
uh, opener for me. I'm like, yeah, that's that looks like one of their stronger athletes, stronger wrestlers on their roster. And he that was a great match. Great way to start off the night. The crowd just was into it and stayed hot all night long. And going into match two of the evening, we have the TNT Women's Tag Team titles on the line as the She-Wolves of Casey and Molly Spartan go against the Liverbirds of Angel Hayes and Lizzie Evo. And yeah, I had no idea who any of these were. So let's see what kind of action they brought. And they that, it was actually a very fun and entertaining match. Like seeing all these like new faces and it's not like when you see a new face on GCW like in the scramble or like, hey, maybe they're young and they're kind of still learning and trying to get their feet wet in the business and stuff like that. But they could still do some solid moves, do a cool little scramble match and still get over where this one, they look more like solidly polished, more, yeah, polished and way more prepared for the moment and for this show. And that was kind of cool that they got this another, as I always say, bigger platform, GCW's platform to show the world what they could do. And it was a fun match. You know, these... uh these two teams, same thing. They were absolutely new to me. I keep trying to say Liverbirds, and I know, I believe they were saying Liverbirds. Oh. It's, it's a weird one. Yeah, and I'm not 100% sure I heard that more than once or twice said that way. So uh, how, do you, how should we even say that? How do you want to say it? I'll be honest. I didn't hear Liverbirds because I once I, okay, yeah. I kind of well, didn't hear stupid, like yeah. Liverbirds. Once oh, I well, kinda... well, now let's watch that be their real name, and I'm fucking like, that's stupid. <laughs> Once I didn't hear KG, I'll be honest, I kind of turned the audio down a little bit because I didn't hear yeah, KG's yeah. voice. But the crowd, like whenever I saw the crowd get animated, I decided to turn it up then just because like they brought so much energy. But I'll be honest, I didn't hear Liver Birds. I, did, I didn't even hear Liver Birds. I just right up on the name uh, on Cage Match. I'll go like with how you have, so. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, that was like I said, I, all four of these competitors are brand new to me. And. Uh, we this is one of these shows where we did a lot of learning on the fly of watching these shows yeah. and learning about these competitors for this show and learning for this podcast to talk about. So it's been it's been an interesting show. Well, OK, so when I'm trying to do this, since these are all four new people to me, too, I'm going, all right. I, all right. So I'm doing it almost old school style. I'm like, uh, all right. I think Casey was in the green pants. I'm like, okay. And then I try to remember this one. She was the blonde lady with the one shirt. And, you know, that's the way I'm trying to remember this. So I had a hard time with names myself, honestly. And that's no disrespect to them at all, because I think they put on a, a they did a great job for the nine minutes that they had. I mean, nine minutes, but they fought for longer than that because there was a brawl outside between these ladies even before that bell rang. Yep. Bad blood. Solid team moves between all these ladies, too. You could tell they were tag team partners and no doubt in that whatsoever nice teams um following those tag rules isn't it nice to kind of see that every now and then where you know it, I was, it's refreshing having that tension of like a tag are they gonna tag them kind of i was yeah. interested to see what kind of rules they'd be doing because once i saw this was the tnt show i thought it was going to be more of a uh the the 10 counts outside i don't even remember like if they even counted outside but like how you know some promotions have 10 counts some promotions yeah, have 20 yeah. so like i was kind of interested like what different rules are these like those that what did we learn from a couple weeks ago from the effie's gay brunch what was that match all the, the, 
the Lansbury rules or something like that. Oh yeah, the uh, Colonel. Yeah. Fuck, fucking and fuckington. That's yeah, what that I, was that's what I was wondering. Shit. Like, what kind of different rules do they kind of do that we don't? Because, like I said, I never seen this promotion. I never. I've heard of them. I know Joey Janela's the TNT title. I know he went over there, but I never saw any of his matches over there. I never seen this company, so I was. I looked like when I saw Scarlett Donovan enforcing like the tag rules. I'm like, okay, so it's not going to be like a GCW. Like kind of like oh we could tag we could not tag it's up to the referee's description discretion there was a set list of rules and it, as you said it was kind of nice seeing trying to get the hot tag in and then getting pulled away it's something that we don't see too much in GCW because it is kind of up to the referee of what they decide to allow and what they don't allow so it was as you said refreshing to kind of see one of those kind of matches play out there was a lot of she wolves chants too by the way i mean they were really over with this crowd these women were tough i think i hadn't seen a tnt woman come through those ropes that weren't tough as shit like and every now and then especially with this tag team match here there were some stiff shots back and forth so i can't say they didn't earn their paycheck you know it's just an awesome little match and I like how all of them had attitude and obviously played to the crowd yes. too. Like the crowd just ate it up and got more involved as the match went on. And you just see the wrestlers kind of acknowledging that stuff. Like it was, it was a fun match and like, yeah, all four, like you said, they just absolutely kind of brawled and beat the shit out of each other. It was a, it was a stiff match and it was, it was fun. It was a nice, it was nice seeing new faces that performed very well and looked like they belonged in there right away at that, or at that moment weren't like forced in there to kind of do a cool uh like scramble or something like that but it was it was fun seeing the she wolves and the uh liverbirds go because like it's that i even like during the night like it's hard enough learning two names that i've never heard of going against each other but four names i was like i still if you put all four right now and told me to match them up i don't think i could still because like i'm still trying to learn it also like i don't remember like i want to say like that one that had like the war paint around her eyes which one was that so I believe that was Molly Spartan. Okay. Don't quote me either. I'm dead honest with you. I, I know it was either Casey or Molly Spartan. I just, I don't know which one, which one on it, honestly. I liked how like on the outside, she's like jumping on the, on the ropes, like begging for that tag. Like you said, like it just, it yeah. was refreshing seeing the hot tag trying to happen. Cause like, I honestly like, and I, once again, I could be, since I watched so much GCW, I couldn't remember a last like kind of normal style tag match where it didn't just involve four of the wrestlers fighting all over the place and someone picking <laughs> up the win. It's like that hot tag was like something that when you don't see it for a while in a certain product and you see it, it's very noticeable. And that was like one of the things I had the same note in my mind was, was like, oh, like they did a regular tag match, which was nice. It was fun. It it just real it just made me realize I'm more of a purist than I thought when it comes to wrestling sometimes. A mixture of both. Sometimes I want yeah. the pure, but sometimes I also want the crazy violence. Like there, I'm in a mixture of both. Where like also too, like I've said this before, when I go into this death match, I'm like all mentally prepared. Like, all right, I'm here to see a bunch of fuckery. And then I've seen like eight matches and like the next day. Uh, let's see this crazy scrambles and crazy looser doors and stuff like that. Like, I mentally was like I get my mind involved in that stuff and it's it was just refreshing. It was fun to see. So our winner ended up being the She-Wolves, Beautiful Frog Splash, and our new TNT Women's Tag Team Champions. This was a wonderful little match. I was happy I got to see them for the first time. I think the She-Wolves in this match specifically, because I hadn't seen them before, I think they needed more face energy or more interaction with the crowd, honestly. I think if they would have done that more, they would be over more, and that would have given more impact to their win here. I need to see more of the liver birds to make an opinion on them. 
I'm not really sure just yet. Plus, how happy would you be to go out there and, and lose your title that night? So right. I want to see what they're capable of, because if someone believes enough to put a title on them, they have to be good. Yeah, I would I, like I just need to see more. I would like to see more, too. And like, I think I don't remember if any of these four showed up on the next two nights, but um, yeah, it's not the same one that Ali Cash went against. But like, I wanted to see, uh, as I think you said, it was Molly Spartan or one of the Spartans. Uh, Yes, Molly Spartan. Molly Spartan. I would like to see her going against Ali Catch because I think that'd be like uh their perfect sizes. Like this, they're very similar in sizes, moveset. But I would like to see how maybe extreme that Molly could get if she could keep up with the Alley Catch in these kind of matches. But I wouldn't mind seeing all four go against each other because as we talked about yesterday with Janai Kai, Toya Wreck, it's like there is a lot of different variety out there in women for GCW to use. If Asha Slamovich, Billy Starks, they want to bring in Kylie Ray again and do more of her stuff in GCW. Like I just like I just saw new talent. And I saw a bunch of fresh matchups in my head that hopefully we would see down the line in another either uh, collaboration of GCW or TNT or maybe as you said, if TNT's coming over, maybe we could get them for a show here or there to see some of those matches. And uh, I will be keeping an eye on that for the upcoming schedules. That will. So, oh, sorry. Good. Oh no, no, no. This is this is kind of interesting because I wanted to say something in this. Uh in this realm and and it makes it kind of makes a point upon your point in the 80s when it came to women they were somewhat one-dimensional maybe two-dimensional if you have you know somebody like a bull nakano out there I was just about to say bull nakano and rock and robin like those were like the two out there (laughs) yeah so you'd either get the skinny smaller kind of girls you'd have your superstar that we just spoke of in your Haas. Yep. That was primarily it. And then we broke into the nineties and the Haas primarily went away. It was, um, we had the power lifter in China, you know, God bless her for what she did. She was fantastic. Um, but that smaller girl didn't really come to WWE anymore. That was more on the Japanese side of the, of the wrestling world. And so now you know, come the 2000s, it was still kind of one dimensional. I don't know if it's been in the last five years in indie wrestling or what, but things have changed. Body styles have changed, body types, um, wrestling attitudes. There are so many more attitudes for the women. It's almost like they're allowed to breathe now. And now that we've let them breathe, it's not that we've let them, but it's just now that they've been able to breathe. Um, They've really shined. And a lot of these ladies, what makes them so fantastic is their personality. And that would not have been able to be shown 30, 20 years ago at all. If they didn't fit this freaking box, they'd have been shot to shit. And um, we're fortunate now that things have kind of evolved to a point to where we can, we're, we're almost on the same page here slowly, but surely. And um, yeah, we're moving away from that one dimensional thing. And, and it's fantastic. Yeah, that's like for me, like variety. Like I don't want to see the same person or same move set or same skills and personality by four different people. I want to see different varieties, and I think all the different varieties and mixes and matches between these personalities and characters and all that stuff make every single match good and creates it better experience for the fans because you're seeing a variety of stuff and not just the same as you said, same cookie cutter one versus two or two versus one. It's one versus number 1,000 out there. That's totally different than 2,000. Yep. Totally- and our third matchup of the evening, we have the East Coast ace, the Ooh. clout cutter, Jordan Oliver going against Tate Mayfair. And once again, a new competitor. 
Uh, when I first saw Tate, I immediately thought Rick Martel. Like he just had the movements, Ooh. the look, the even like the little scarf with the way his pants were. Like I just, I don't know. I just went immediately to Rick Martel, and then I was like, "Oh, that should be a good one," because I just remember the whole storyline with Jordan trying to learn and master the Boston Crab that he wanted to emulate from Rick Martel, and just reminded me of the moment when he won the the trend acid cup at one of the collectives and he finally they kind of teased it for a couple of months prior then he finally did win the finals with mm -hmm. a boston crab which was kind of nice so I, with me see, thinking rick martell and seeing jordan i was like oh i wonder how the boston crab's going to uh be involved in this match and we will find out later how it was involved so it kind of like it kind of brought it full circle for me too which was kind of cool like just thinking about like i said i saw rick martell and the Boston yes. Crab and everything. So I, I obviously loved uh, how this match ended up turning out, but we don't want to go over everything yet. So what was your first thoughts on Tate Mayfair's? Okay, so with Tate, he's also new to me. He was a fantastic heel right out of the gate. You're right with your comparison. That actually kind of made me smile. I was like, that is a <laughs> fantastic comparison. Young, dumb, and broke chance breakout. And of course, you're hearing Tate going, why would you be proud of that? <laughs> of course, then the chance got even louder because of that. Here we go. This is the first time I'm going to acknowledge the wanker chance. All right. So <laughs> there were a lot of wanker chants. Wanker uh, this, wanker that. Wayfair is a wanker. You're a wanker. I'm a wanker. Everybody's a wanker. Obviously, everyone touches their dicks in England. That's the one thing I can tell you. If anything, I'm guessing why that's why there's probably that neon sign. Uh, if so if you want to be a wanker, right, right over here at that, the toilet. Yeah, they brighten that shit up too. It's hilarious. Uh, brass knucks found in Tate's boot. Tate fakes an injury, more wanker. And just for the American crowd, they started using pussy. It was so good. We don't hear uh, we don't hear that too often in the British in yeah. the British Isles. And I like how once again doing a callback of classic stuff we see in wrestling, like the hot tag, the regular tag. I love the referee checking the boots and checking the stuff and mm -hmm. actually finding stuff in it, which was kind of surprising to me. Cause like I said, maybe that is Tate's kind of gimmick and stuff like that. I have no idea. Never saw him before, but I loved how the referee's like, really? You got these brass knuckles that you just see Jordan. Like you were going to use those on me. Like what is wrong with you? And that <laughs> threw me back to when he, when they wrestled, uh, wasn't George South when they wrestled with, um, Oh, that guy that took All like the, the Xbox. He club. had a bunch of shit. He yeah, had a bunch of shit. I can't remember who it was. And I that I went and immediately called back to that before the match even started. And I just like loved how Tate's like, "What? I was going to use it. Like, why'd you find that?" And and like the crowd, yeah, you're like, "You're awake." I loved it. And the crowd too. So like, kind of going back to Nick Wayne. They were all over like and screaming for Jordan. Like I loved like how Jordan's. He, we starting to see it now. The pop's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And even in the UK, like it was giant and huge. And this was night one. And as we go over the next two nights, like it seemed like it got louder and louder each night where Jordan, I think, was one of the most over people from GCW uh, in the TNT Extreme kind of venue and stuff like that. So that was nice seeing the GCW, like just like how Nick Wayne, them getting that over with a crowd. And I, I want to say that might be Jordan's first time over there too. Same as Nick Wayne, because... Um, 
I don't think I've seen Jordan wrestle in the UK, but it was awesome. And this was, I thought, a good stylistic matchup a little bit just because the size and stuff like that. I didn't see, I don't know, the moveset that Tate Mayfair has. But, like, to me, he went, felt like an 80s classical heel, like, that's trying to. Yes, yeah. Like, it wasn't all offense, go, 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 go. It was playing to the crowd, getting the crowd to boo you, using the brass knucks, telling the referee to get the hell away from me and stuff like that, like. Tate played a great old school heel, which I loved seeing. And it was perfect with Jordan being as over as he is. Oh, there was, by my opinion, a touch too much stalling on Tate's side. Of course, it could be a heel situation, but there was just a touch for me. I really do want to hit on the same point you have there. I think that Tate's style is more suited for an older wrestler, maybe a wrestler who's lost that top gear or even two, because Tate has that almost a Ric Flair. If he wanted to, he's one that could, could, could roll with Flair when it comes to pace. I'm not talking about style. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying when it comes to pace, those two could kick each other's asses, you know, sell it for 20 seconds, get back up, do it again. That's exactly what I saw Tate doing. I do like that a lot. I believe Jordan really had the most offense in this match. Uh, maybe 60, 65% him. Um, Tate's offense was just a touch different. It lacks the look of impact. I don't want to go too much into specifics, but he has some moves that are very unique and different. But some of them, I think there was one where he jumped up on a guy's knee and then came down with a fist. And there was a unique name for it. And I appreciate that. But from my angle where I was at from behind, it didn't look like more than just a little bit of a jump. And I could tell something happened, but I didn't know. But the move didn't look like it have much impact. And I saw a couple others where it was like, maybe he need he was just being a little easy on Jordan. And I think that's okay too. But it it maybe lost a little bit of its like I said an impact. Um, this is the second match now though, where the TNT people are more than happy to make these GCW guys look fantastic. And here it is again, where Tate Tate really just held him in his hands and then they both delivered. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think the stalling from what I was thinking from, like, I just, like I said, I felt 80 seal. Like if you go back, like, well, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying like the fans, we know, like if you're a younger fan, if you kind of go back and watch the eighties match, you felt the pace of this, this match that Tate and Jordan had felt a lot like an eighties kind of TV match where it's like, you said, like I was saying, it's not go, 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 not moves. It's Tate just doing stupid shit. Like trying to do a spin a Rooney just to piss off the crowd. Or he did like some stupid breakdance move. Then he did like he was at Jordan's head on the ground and like did a breakdance move, did a spin and then went into like the ropes like for the people's elbow, but did like a cartwheel into elbows. Like he was just doing some of the stupidest things like, but I think on purpose just to get the crowd to boo him more. And I loved I love the difference. It was a different character. I, I liked it. I liked how the pacing of the match went out and um, it was a fun match. And. Jordan does pick up the victory. And as like I said before, in uh, Rick Martell kind of a quote, he uh, d- delivered the submission with the Boston Crab, which I, like I said, I brought a full circle to me. I'm like, see, I knew like Tate was like a little Rick Martell. There's the Boston Crab on a Rick Martell character. Like I love seeing that. And yeah, this was one of those ones. Like the crowd was super behind Jordan and Tate obviously has like the Healy, which I loved. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Tate in another DCW match, I would just kind of like to see maybe not having the gimmick, the heel gimmick. I would like to actually see him go for like 10 minutes of do a GCW. Yeah, you want to see a real wrestling match. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, like a GCW style. Like, hey, 
We're not stopping. It's constantly go, go, go. And I want to see if Tate can kind of go that style or if that's how he is. That's how his character is. No, I'm boots to the ground. We don't do any of that stuff. I will control the crowd and control the emotion and the story of the match by what I'm doing, not uh, when I'm not doing wrestling moves and stuff like that. So it was a very cool style, different pace. And after the first, what, three matches now, we've seen two matches kind of have an old school feel, which I kind of like seeing. I think Jordan needed a more serious opponent. I don't. Yeah, Tate wasn't always serious, but he needed a more serious, higher caliber opponent uh, that would stretch his abilities just a little bit. And Tate was one of these guys where he's coming from a different continent. He's coming from a different skill set altogether. And of course, they're probably just meeting each other for the first time. Yeah, I need I need to see more of Tate to really make an opinion. This is another one where I, I don't know who was fitting who. I know that Jordan was a touch slower than usual because there was that stalling that I was mentioning earlier. But for Tate right now, I'm missing the point of him. And um, I think he's one of those characters that's more or less respected. And I just don't know the history behind it because he seems like a guy. I think they were saying he's got 20 years in the industry and he's give or take a couple years, 40. Oh, wow. I missed. Oh, yeah. I didn't know any of that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So this guy's busted his ass, obviously. I'm not saying he's Nick Gage's age and I'm not saying he's Nick Gage nor at his caliber. They could be two different flavors. But when he came out, I could tell the fans respected him. So I just need to see more to know exactly what his story is because I'm sure he's fantastic. And I just, I just, I just need to see more, man. I hope they bring him overseas too. It's just another one where he's just seeing him was a nice little, uh, nice little bonus. Yeah. I can see him kind of fitting in maybe if it's not even GCW, cause obviously like if he was in a, let's say Atlantic city and kind of did this match against Jordan, it wouldn't be uh too well recepted because as you said like gcw yes. kind of has yeah. a style where it's go 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 ring ring like it re uh was a work rate they call it like it's go 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 where i think he's like one of these like no like he it's a tony deppin kind of does the same thing too but obviously he does it in more over the top way and a better gcw kind of style way to get the crowd to hate him where I think if Tate did this, he might get like the <laughs> the Blake Christian treatment. It's like, get the fuck out. Like, so I don't know. Like, I don't know how the AC crowd would take it. I kind of always just go off the AC crowd because they're kind of like, well, I mean, we should now call Boonton the new hub for GCW. But it's kind of like the, yeah. the where like if you can make it into the AC crowd, you're going to make it anywhere else in GCW because their main crowd has loved you and that they, they kind of like put the stamp of approval on for everyone else. So I don't know how Tate would go. Like I, I would want to see it, but I don't know how, like I want to say, I think he can do good, but I could also see him just being hated on too, but he I is. The matchup. But I got the matchup. You ready? I put this on JCW. I'd have Tate versus grandpa chase Burnett. <laughs> that was no fun. shit, man. Go ahead and watch it back. If you watch that, you're going to see him and chase Burnett would probably match really well together. Their body styles are very close. Their ages are fairly close. I think they would actually have enough imagination and innovation between the both of them. I think it would be really entertaining. Yeah, I, I think Tate would be able to hold his own. And I think he did like a crazy like elbow drop where he jumped across the ring too. And we'll talk about oh, that yeah. more on probably another show with uh, another wrestler that kind of did a, in my opinion, more impressive spot, even though that was kind of shocking seeing Tate because I always like his moves were kind of old fashioned. Then near the end, he kind of picked it up and kind of faced it. So I don't know. I, he's one of those ones I would like to see. Hey, do it in front of the 
AC crowd, and then we'll, I'll get a better feel of how I would appreciate you too, and based off of what GCW fans, because I think it's I, I'm very mixed on him, but I do want to see him one more time. And this was the I good match for Jordan Oliver. I'm kind of I I know what you're saying that Jordan needed a different opponent, but I thought maybe this was a good opponent to kind of set up the crowd for Jordan the next two nights and getting the crowd yeah. behind Jordan to cheer him more on the next night and stuff like that. Because after you beat. This kind of asshole. Of course, the next night you're going, oh yeah, I like Jordan. He beat Tate because we right, hate him. So right. I don't know. I liked I liked it all, and then this could have been done maybe a little different, but it was fun, fun match. And Jordan Oliver picks up the victory with the Boston Crab, which I seen on the top for me. And our fourth match of the evening, we have the TNT Extreme Title Ladder Match as Clint Margera is going against Alex Cologne. And I knew Clint Margera. I knew of his death matches, uh, of kind of what he's done for in the States. And I've seen other stuff on him on IWTV. So I was kind of aware of Clint Margera. And I, we obviously know Alex Cologne. So I'll, I knew this was going to get violent. And I was like, I, after that match three, I was kind of like, okay, I can do some violence right now. I, wanted, I was wondering, too, how extreme they would get. Would it be extreme yeah. or would it be ultra violent that was kind of my question going into this match of where i kind of like see extreme of using chairs and doors roll ultra violent you got the barbed wire the light tubes and all that other stuff so uh i was interested to see how it would turn out but this turned out pretty violent and very fun match i'll come the doors before the match even started i thought that was fantastic and i thought it was a nice nod to gcw because i don't know of any other companies who use doors instead of tables but I'm hoping other companies find the benefit in it. I think mainly the fact that you can't get cut on metal Not when there's metal, no metal. Yeah. And I think the door maybe collapse a touch easier. I don't know. That might even be cheaper. I don't know the price range either, but like, I think you oh, get the table this... has to be way more expensive, right? I'm thinking, I you don't think? know though. Who knows? Because it is a door. So I don't know. But like, I, I, a thousand percent agree with you because I, every time I see the tables get cracked, and I've seen many lacerations just from that metal framing around mm -hmm. the wood where the with the doors, you could get the same impact, same uh, results from the fans and get the same oohs and ahs as a, just like a table. Except to me, as you said, it becomes a little bit more safer. And I like how the GCW, especially like Mance Warner and Nick Gage, they end up using pieces of that door to yep. jab the corner into the heads of people. So it's like with the table, I guess they could do it with the table, just look, look a little bit funkier. But um yeah, and the one thing, and I know I see it in your notes here too. I don't want to step on it, but uh, the tubes. Go for it. No, the Go tubes. for it. Yeah, the man. Tubes was Those another small thing. tubes. Yeah, the tubes was another thing. Like, oh, they're gonna use these tubes, and how are these gonna break and stuff like that? Because like I heard a little bit on Alex Cologne kind of talking about the differences of the light tubes, which was informative to me, and how there's like the T three five one or the T four hundred or something like that. I don't know the numbers, but when they mention the smaller tubes, they say like these are actually more dangerous and harder to break and stuff like that. So I was in once I saw those small tubes, I, I got a little apprehensive. I'm like, uh oh, hopefully nothing bad happens with these tubes. And because I've seen those tubes used in like, um, I think they use it in deathmatch down under and stuff like that. So uh, I was I was a little interested to see how the light tubes would play into this match. So oh, this is a weird one. Um, if anybody wants to learn something, this is going to be the time to put your uh, thinking cap on here. T5, T8, and T12 are the most common types of light tubes. Now, T12 is the one that most wrestlers want to use because it's a little thinner. 
and there's more surface area. So basically it just breaks easier. The smaller, it's like when you get two coconuts, the smaller coconut's gonna be harder to break. You know, that's that's kind of how it is here. So when they're popping each other with these light tubes, um, yeah, so it works like this, because I just looked it up. A T12 is an inch and a half around in diameter. Okay, so you're talking the same kind of glass, the same kind of shit, an inch and a half around. The T8, which is the next one down, is is one inch around. So we're talking, you're taking half an inch off there. So that's starting to look skinnier. And then again, that T5, that's five eighths of an inch. So it's a little over half of an inch. But I'm thinking they were using either the eights or the fives because those were pretty skinny in there. But yeah, even down in you know, like Australia, I don't even think they have T12s. And I know that's a concern sometimes. And it, I think Japan has them. You know what? Yeah, but, I think um, I think what you said that yeah. I remember what's his name, um, the wrestler that's the big time deathmatch wrestler down there for DMDU. Oh my god, that's oh, okay. His name's uh, it'll come <laughs> to me come later. Yeah. But um, like they're like they had him on, um, doing the deathmatch of wrestling podcast on GCW's Patreon a couple times, and I remember once you said that they don't even have that. And now I remember. When like Alex, I think it was like Stephen A. Like you guys should have these tubes. What are you guys using those safe tubes? And like the other guys, like because we don't have them here. That's why we don't use them. You think we, us we yep. want to do this stuff to our bodies on a nightly basis with these tubes? If we had the the luxury of having them, we would. So like once you said that, that reminded me of that uh comment there. So that's that's pretty good to know. Yeah, it's just one of those weird things that even people like us at our level, we don't know that shit. So yeah. I had to look it up real quick. And so we learned something today, Mama. Bateman. Um, Joel Bateman. Sorry. I just remember his name. I had to get it out. Joel Bateman. Awesome. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. I've a... Okay, again, we're hearing from people like chanting, door, door, door. Alex Colon is having a fucking blast. This thing actually started with light tubes, the whole thing. I mean... Cologne was just swinging light tubes on Margera. There was a spot where there was a crazy power uh, bomb that basically Cologne got put through a door and it fucking bent his neck uh, into where his chin easily touched his chest. And I was like, oh, damn, it looked bad. Yeah. It's really the only spot I wanted to mention in here. The other thing I wanted to mention, because a lot of people have kind of known that when we do these extreme or these death matches, I like to go minute by minute. But half the weapons were just kind of it just it didn't take long and shit was everywhere and they ended up brawling deep into the crowd during this one and you could even see a spot where brett's like waving them away from the merch table <laughs> but they were tearing apart the place and there was stuff everywhere cologne brings out a pane of glass he eventually gets put through it cologne had light tube bundles kicked into his face it was just Shit was brutal, dude. I just wanted to go through that so we have all of that out of the way before we talked about it. But I mean, uh, it didn't feel like 11 minutes. And if it was 11 minutes, they fucking stuffed that bucket full. Yeah, I thought this it felt faster than what it was as well to me because, yeah, they just went right, grabbed the light tubes and started swinging. And like, I, I just always with the crowds like I cannot believe that like they're like the light tube is right at their face and they're just like, oh, yeah, there's a like too that just flew right over my head like it just stuns me when i see the crowd just not, not even flinch when uh light tubes come flying in their head and like this one they even like it wasn't a typical gcw show where they had like they actually had guardrails and stuff like that so but the crowd was pretty close to the ring there was like no space between like the crowd and ring almost it was very tiny space but just seeing like the crowd just right there in, in it and getting the light tubes at their face was uh crazy to me seeing just like I, every everywhere i see it it's nuts but this match did get violent 
Um, Alex Cologne, he does what he always does. He's like one of the kings mm-hmm. of death matches for a while. I didn't know he was the title holder though. Like that, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like I thought Joey Janela. Last I heard, he was the TNT. Uh, Oh, never mind. No, I'm thinking DDT. That's why. Never mind. Okay. I yeah. thought Joe Janela was a TNT Extreme Town. I messed up. But that's why. How I, dare you? Yeah. Like that, when I first <laughs> saw this match and I saw Alex Cologne come on, I'm like, wait a minute. He's the title holder? Like, I didn't understand it. But um, yeah, this was a fun one. I think this was a good matchup, too, for Clint to kind of step up. Not that he, we've seen him do lots. I've seen him do lots of death matches before. So it's. He uh, stepped up and I, I like the like how they had the ladder too because that's something we don't see too often unless we see certain cer- there's certain wrestlers like drew parker will always have the ladder in his match and it seems like cole when he wants to get crazy will bust out the ladder as well but alex Cologne, i don't really see him use ladders too much even though he does get uh high up on like scaffolds and stuff like that but that was it was cool seeing the different variety of the the different weapons the different light tubes and how they kind of did it in a more guardrail fan it was it's like to me it just felt different because a different setup it didn't like how if you go into a normal gcw crowd like they're just right by the fans with no guardrails going through it so this was a fun matchup and i do want to see clint marger a little bit more maybe in one of these tournaments coming up here soon i know that's for being a eight person tournament that might be kind of a stretch but yeah because some yeah. of these names they've been bringing in are top of the class world death match wrestlers and it's not just uh, in america it's from all over the place so uh i would like to see clint margera though do a couple more ultraviolet matches uh for gcw let's say against a john wayne murdoch and stuff so our winner of this match was clint margera cologne went through glass then punches a light tube bundle into cologne's face and that's how we have a new winner for our tnt extreme division title this was definitely a solid entertaining match I wanted to mention, too, with these light tubes. Okay, I don't know if I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel the same way, but nobody talks about it. I actually like when you watch the explosion live of when it hits and then you start to see the pieces and chunks fly. Like, I don't know if it's like from watching fireworks or something, but it's really cool to see the explosion and go, okay, is it coming my way? Is it not? There's there's kind of it's dangerous, but sometimes it's so far away it'll never reach you. So it's it's not safe danger, but it's fun to watch. It's just I don't know. I've never heard anyone else mention it. And it's it's kind of cool. The only time I've really been like, holy shit, that was right by me was <laughs> oh, that, that Vegas show. Yeah, we're like uh, we were sitting front row and it was the, the mega bastards going against Alex Clone and uh, Rena. And the match started off with Alex Cologne and Rena having a light tube. And I think I talked about it before, like normally they don't swing it like a baseball style, like hor- yeah. uh, horizontally, usually it's vertical up and down. But I I was just standing in front row and I was just like, okay, she's swinging inside of it. It's like, he ducked him. Like, okay, he's going to duck the next one. And then Alex Cologne put his hands up and Alex, or and then Rena swung it. Oh, it I think it was opposite way around. I think, uh, Rena went to go hit Alex Cologne with the light tube and Alex Cologne put his forearms up and like it actually connected. And I remember in that split second, like a bazillion things happened. But like in that split second, I was like, it's not going to hit. Oh, he hit it. And then like, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, shit. And then as I'm saying that the light tube flies right by my face where like my wife usually like sits next to me during these GCW shows. But during the death matches, she kind of wants to get out of the way a little bit. And I kind of wanted Smart. to get out of the way, too, because it gets a little crazy. She's like, yeah, I'll go just hang out at the merch table and stuff. But that's if she was sitting right there, that light tube would have went right through her throat because it was like 
throat level and it flew right by me. And I remember looking at my other friend that was with me. I'm like, oh shit, it's going to get even more crazy here. Cause like I even told them, don't worry about it. If they swing sideways, you won't have to worry about that one. And then five seconds into the match that happened. So that was just like the only time I really felt scared. Cause like that light went right by my, <laughs> right by my head. I was like, okay, it's going to get crazy. Yeah. And I love it because for me, I stay right in the front most of the time. I would always prefer anybody in my family to stay the hell back, yep. honestly, if I had a choice. My son put sunglasses on, so everybody had a little something. I have my glasses. My wife has her glasses um, that we normally wear, so that was no big deal. But I really do think it's smart for people to really get back. I think I'm the dumbass sometimes, and so are the rest <laughs> of us that really love it. But, yeah, it, for people who have any iffy feelings, just get the hell back because, honestly— I mean, boy, you want to talk about regrets. Imagine getting hurt and then regretting the fact that you didn't use your common sense. So yeah. if you feel iffy, stay the hell back. Don't put yourself in that stupid ass position. Actually, death matches are so uh, well loved in GCW. That's the time to go get a drink. It's, it's <laughs> when the death matches are going on because lines will be a touch shorter because everybody yeah. will have their eyes on the on the. Uh, on the match it makes you feel like alive too it's like it feels like you're like one of these wrestlers cheating death we're like oh that could have hit me and then i could be the one bleeding i just, uh -huh. I, I think that's i do like that feeling but then i'm also like scared as you said more for my family i don't care if i get hit or whatever like whatever happens happens i don't care but like i'd rather my family stay far back away so that way nothing happens but this was a fun death match it was a like I said, I was kind of wondering what kind of death match it would be but it was a it did feel like a gcw death match which i'm kind of glad of because like I, that's the kind of death matches I like. It's not just light tubes and stuff. It's actually moves and telling a story. And I thought Ox Clone's like one of, if not the best in the world, in my opinion, of death matches. And Bit Margera definitely held his own and became the new TNT Extreme Champion. And that will lead us into match five of the evening, which is a tag team match with the team of Kings of the North, consisting of Bonesaw and Damian Corvin going against CPF, which is Callum Newman and Joe Lando. And yeah, Joe Lando's being the only one I knew on it. And I was excited because I knew, I think they announced Kings of the North were facing Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne the next night or one of the nights on this trip. So I was kind of like, okay, now I get to see what kind of matchup Jordan and Nick Wayne are going to have. So I was really kind of watching the Kings of the North just to see what would happen on night three when they went against Jordan and Nick and yeah, they were impressive. This, both teams were impressive. I enjoyed this match. It's it, like this whole night just felt like once it, all these new guys that have been showing and ladies that have been showing up on GCW, they've actually killed it. And I, I now have had a lot more wrestling to watch. I now I'm diving into more wrestling and learning more of these teams and these new wrestlers. So it's been it's been fun. Yeah, when I was realizing that the Kings of the North were going to be going up against our kids, I was like, what the fuck are they into? Because <laughs> Those are big boys yes. out there. So, yes. yeah. Um, but it was really cool to see Nick. Uh, I almost said Nick Lando. Yeah. See, I've got my on on the Wayne situation there. But yeah, it was nice to see Joe Lando back. Backstreet's back played. I oh, mean, you know, yeah, it is what it is. But that was my generation. So fuck yeah. Uh, two of four members for CPF were showing up there. CPF were getting chance, but you know, once they stepped out on the stage. This, this was a step up in match quality. You could really feel it at this point. It kind of had more of the bigger show feeling. Yep. Um, Lando took a an incredible amount of punishment in this and a lot of stiff shots. He really was the one who put a lot of 
put a lot of his ass on the line there, and he took a shit ton of punishment, dude. I'm kind of glad we did see him a lot more in this match, too, because I know he got, like, one or two nights kind of taken away from him the last time he was uh, out here, like, for his first kind of run in GCW. He missed, he got hurt the first night, so kind of was out the rest of that match, and then was unable to perform the next night. So I was actually kind of glad to see more Joe Lando, and I felt this was like, hey, I know we he had bad luck here in the States, but now that we're coming to you, we'll give you some time to shine during this tag match, and... Yeah, Joe Lando was awesome seeing this match. And Kings of the North, I love their tag style. Like, it's just two brawl- oh, no. like brawlers. And, yeah, going back to the Kings of the North, I, I like seeing them because they're just two brawlers just wanting to beat the shit out of people. I think they have a good look, good chemistry, good moveset to be a nice, strong heel tag team against, especially babyface tag teams like how CPF, Callum Newman, and Joe Lando seem to be. So that was a good stylistic matchup in my eyes with this match. Okay, so here was another one where because we were following the rules, we got to see Lando beaten on extensively and they kept teasing the tagging the partner for minutes and minutes. So it created this tension and it told a story. And here we are again, where just following those rules created a a tension and a story that we generally sometimes don't see at GCW in our in our tag division. So. It's one of those things that should still be appreciated and used every now and then. So I I hope that maybe down the road we do start to see maybe one or two real tag team matches. Give it to me once every two, three episodes, you know, just something like that. CPF CPF was like a well-oiled machine. Uh, But all these men following the rules, it was just a nice change, even if it wasn't a permanent one. Excellent storytelling. I really like Bonesaw a lot. I really want to see what he does more. Um, I heard someone say, how the hell do I have glass on my shoes over here? I don't know which commentator <laughs> it was, but it was funny as hell. But yeah, if TNT uh, ends up jumping on an airplane and coming this way, I hope the Kings of the North come with them. And yeah, Joe Lando for sure. Yeah, I thought of two teams as you were t- uh, saying that. I want to see... Kings of the North go against uh, KTB and Shane Mercer. That was the first team Ooh. that popped in my head because those are just Ooh. just four giant, meaty, creative men with their movesets, and I think they would mesh well together. And then CPF, I would definitely like to see them go against a Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver in a uh, regular tag match, as you said, as well. But this was fun. I like the—I just it, as you said, it felt good seeing the tag matches. As you said, it's not one I want to see all the time, but it does feel good after— Seeing the the kind of no tornado tag matches with no rules going on, it was nice to kind of see the referee kind of being able to enforce the rules. But I'm the same way. I do not want to see that all the time. But I do like to see the mixture, though, because it, I think in certain styles, it matches up. Like when I see an SGC match, do, I don't want to see a tag. I want to see the second gear split screen. I want to see them just fighting all over the place. But like when I see a Nick and Jordan match, I would like to see a more traditional tag match. So I think maybe if they kind of based off of the styles of who they put in as the tag teams going against each other, they might start, maybe hopefully we'll start seeing them kind of go back to more of a traditional rule set or a GCW rule set. But like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It was a nice, it was nice seeing a change of pace here. And I would definitely want to see more change of pace. As you said, maybe once every two, three, four shows, something like that. Well, GCW is known for keeping things fresh. They always want to do the fresh thing. Okay, a classic tag with the rules being in place and followed would be fresh. 
and a classic championship between two people. It stays that way. It can go in and out of the ring, but they adhere to the rules as much as possible. And it's a real brawl. There's no interference. There's no bullshit. That would be kind of fresh to GCW. So every now and then, I think something like that would be just fantastic. And I, I think once again, if we put these restrictions and rules on some of these wrestlers, they may shine. It would be really interesting this interesting to see what kind of stories these guys could tell if they're given the uh they're if they're given the proper box like people used to have to play in. Yep. You know, I'd love to see how uh you know Wayne and Oliver would work together with real rules, not flipping all over the place or running all over the place. Um because the winner of that would truly show themselves as the better team. Yeah, they didn't have to you know, use outside no forces fuckery. to win. Yeah, like I said, I I, I kind of like the when the wrestlers have it. As you said, like you use, use the word box. I was thinking the opposite. When I do like when SGC has the freedom to go out and not be restricted yes. to that box. Like I said, I think it just depends on the two teams and the styles that you put together with these two teams because they're starting to get like a, more tag matches and more like uh, building their tag division, not building it, but like putting more teams together, stuff like that. So it would be nice to see like a CPF go against Jordan and Nick in a regular tag match. And then Kings of the North go against uh, KTB and Iron uh, Shane Mercer and Iron Beast and seeing that just go crazy like SGC. Like, I think it just depends on styles. And that's South Pacific. I would like that would be, yeah, that would be a fun one. Kings of the North versus the South Pacific. Yes, that, that would be fun. I, I definitely want to see more Kings of the North. I like their style. Their moves and cpf definitely i never saw callum newman before and they absolutely killed it i like how they did that spot where he callum newman went for the 450 inside joe lando went for the moonsault outside they both missed or i think joe landed but callum missed but i just like they're high flying it's gonna it'd be fun matchups and we will go into the winner of this match as the kings of the north do pick up a victory over cpf that will lead us into match six of the evening as Dean Allmark goes one-on-one -on -one with Allheart Blake Christian. And this was a fun one. This was, like, every Blake Christian match is just fun. Like, we we could, I've talked about him on the mic, and I want to see progression, a reason, and a follow-up follow to what you're saying, where in the ring, I don't have anything bad to say about him because every match of his is fire. Like, I think I even tweeted out that now. Like, I don't think I've seen a bad Blake Christian match. Like, I remember tweeting that out at some point during this Rare. weekend. Yeah, and this was another one. This was awesome seeing uh, him going against a brand new opponent in Dean Allmark. So uh, what was your opinions on this match? I was really interested in hearing the Dean Allmark living legend chant. And dream match being said by commentary. I thought that was really cool. They're really building this up a lot. Dino, all heart chants back and forth. Great chain wrestling between the two guys. Blake is moving really well. He slows down just a touch for Dean. Blake is heel about halfway through the match. It was really a nice switch since he was the face in the first half. High energy. Dino has kind of a vanilla personality. I really need to know him better to know what he's capable of. I was really focused on Blake because Blake was really the, the spotlight in this match. I'll only go over really three things here when it comes to spots and then I'm done there. But there was a spot where there was 30 seconds of just trading blows back and forth. I don't know if you remember that, but that was pretty rough. Dino did a ruby cutter into a clash bomb. 
That ruby cutter is absolutely fantastic. I really like that move. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was Blake's work. There was nine seconds that I counted where these moves went on by Blake. He did a spin kick and then he grabbed a hold of the guy, went into a rip cord, took that rip cord straight into a Spanish, a standing Spanish fly, got up, did a springboard 450 into a pin and a kick out. That happened in nine seconds. That's moving. Yeah. And Blake moves like when he goes, he's 100, 100 miles an hour, just Balls to the wall going crazy. And uh, I think, as you said, like he, he was a little kind of outpaced Dean. I think these shorter rings, this was a smaller ring. Uh, I don't know the size of it, but it was a smaller than a traditional ring, which we see every once in a while. They, whatever ring they could get a hold of or wherever they're at, it depends what the size they could have available to them. Where like these small, like these small rings, I think kind of hurt and helped play Christian. I think it helps him obviously because it just uh, makes him look even faster and more incredible than he is. And with the like, the, when he hits that like that four fifty off the top rope, like the springboard four fifty, like it looks like he went farther than what he actually did because of the small ring. But I think Good where hurt, I think where it hurts him is where like these competitors like Dean like can't keep up with that kind of speed. Just I think originally even without the smaller ring, but then you give Blake an even smaller area to go as fast as he can. He he makes himself look even way more fast. And I think it like Dean, like I said, I didn't know what kind of wrestler Dean looked like. He looked like okay, maybe he's a high flyer. He kind of looks like he can move because he's got those shorts and he's got a flashy attire on. So I thought he'd be like flashy, like how Blake Christian was. And I was thinking when she said, or once they said dream match, I was like, Oh, okay. So this must mean Dean could go. Cause I'd never seen him before. So I thought like, once I saw Blake go and I was like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a fun match. But I, I know it's the same thing you did. Dean just like, like a little, little bit slower and kind of like, Oh, like Blake's was just his speed's on another level. And yeah, I, exactly. A lot yeah. of people are slower than him. Exactly, I mean, yeah. And Dino, I'm guessing is in his late thirties, forties somewhere. But, you know, dude was decent. I was guessing Dino's like a sweetheart type or like a storyline guy, but he's obviously cheered a lot. And yeah. I can respect that. Yeah, he he got definitely had a lot of cheers. And I, I kind of like how they I don't know. I, I don't want to laugh at it. And like I like when Blake Christian gets booed. I did like it for a while. But now that that whole thing, that whole side of it's over the whole all heart, dark art, black art, that's all gone. And like he's not talking as much more than everyone else. He's just sticking to proving his point in the ring, which he always does. And it's just incredible seeing Blake, like how he doesn't matter what kind of match he's in. It just, he hits, he hits, he hits. And this was a cool, like Dean did, Dean did an awesome job. I loved, he was solid in the ring. It just, I think he would just seemed a little surprised or a little bit behind what Blake was doing because of Blake's speed and how fluid Blake is. Cause I don't know, like how, like I said, I don't know how much these, how, long these wrestlers have performed or how good they are like how we can know when we see local or local but like wrestlers in our area wrestle we have we're obviously more familiar with them and i just think like the familiarity kind of affected this match a little bit too based just off of dean like oh blake could go and like he is the real deal like i don't know i just i found it like dean was like yeah blake's the real deal and i gotta step up and try to keep up with them. It just was a little off, but I do want to see Dean back. I would like to see them play, play this match back. And then now that Blake kind of knows what he's capable of doing in this kind of small ring. And now that they're uh -huh. more comfortable with Dean, 
the familiarity between the two. I would like to see the match too, as now they would have more chemistry and build off of that. Because I think a lot of these first-time matchups, we would kind of see it say it could have been better. Not saying it's it was bad. It's still really, really good. It just I just think I know it could be better with more familiarity between the two wrestlers. Like we said, we like they just might have got in town the day before and met the wrestler for the first time. And who knows how familiar each wrestler is with each other because they're in two freaking different continents over here. So I don't know. I just think I, this match could be redone a second time, and it would be, I think it would be way better than this one just based off of the familiarity and each person obviously could go in the ring. And then there's that crazy language barrier, man. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's tough. <laughs> all, the, all that wanker talk might have Blake confused. Oh, my like God. <laughs> I can't wait to go there. I'd love to know how much wanking really goes on. I don't know <laughs> if it's because it's an island and they're lonely or it's just a genetic thing. My last name is English, so I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I, I'll have to find out. I would love to be in one of those crowds. Like, that's where like, I love being in GCW crowds and how awesome and on fire they are all night long. Like, Seeing this crowd is like I want totally like, jealous. Yeah, I would definitely want to go to one of these shows in England. Like I, I wouldn't want to go there to get the full experience of everything mm-hmm. because, like, we a couple what weeks ago, they had, WWE had a class of the castle. Like, don't like the English fans are just something like the out the European fans, not the English fans. Like out there, it's just it's a crazier environment. It's just so much seems so much fun. Like the fans come in, they're like, hey, we're gonna have the time of our lives. With or without the in-ring, we're going to have fun. And it didn't take away from anything in the ring. That's why I love about it, where we see a lot of these chants, oh, a lot of these fans like, hey, this show's about me. I'm here. I paid my money. I'm going to say what I want to say and take away from the yep. crowd where it didn't take away anything. It just enhanced everything, in my opinion. Well, you know how it goes, too. The louder that crowd is, the the better the wrestlers yep. feel, and usually the better they'll perform. And yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to be... If you're going to be paying the same amount of money to go, you might as well enjoy yourself and pull the most out of the wrestlers. Why the hell not? Yeah. And uh, a surprising finish in my eyes. I actually was like, I that's one of the ones I was like, whoa. Uh, Dean Almark does pick up the victory as he hits Blake Christian with the top rope ruby cutter for the victory. And I was just more shocked because I, we, other than Moxley, we haven't really seen Blake Christian lose often. Like, and seeing him lose uh, on a, a wrestler that's unfamiliar to us was shocking to me because, like I said, I'm unfamiliar with Dean Allmark and Blake's always winning every time I see him in GCW. And I, I was it was refreshing to see him lose. And now let's see him build himself back up to where he was a couple months ago. I want to see the build up again of part two mm. of this. And I think this was a good way to knock him down a little bit. Not too much, but... Help him rebuild himself, and I, I, I'm interested. Uh, Blake Christian, that was a that was an interesting one, but good for Dean Allmark. Good for, like you said, the first half we kind of saw a lot of GCW wrestlers win, um, but I, or make them even if they didn't win, they got to look good and stuff like that. It was like I love the chemistry between the to- two promotions with the booking. It made it made sense to me. While it was shocking, it does make sense to me. Where it was like it was kind of a 50-50. Hey, you're gonna win, we're gonna win, but let's work together and put on great matches and great shows. And definitely these competitors did it. And I want to see Blake Christian Dean all mark round two. That will lead us into our seventh matchup of the of the evening as Alley Catch goes one on one with session Moth Martina. And I was actually new session from uh the her Ring of Honor days. I haven't seen her like I guess like yeah, she lost like, a lot of weight and she's been getting herself in the gym and she looks fantastic out there and like 
I don't I know I don't know how long she's been out there, but like when she was over here with Ring of Honor, she was a very entertaining character. I liked it was different. It was like as you said, it was different character. It brought a variety to the women's division of Ring of Honor as she's like one of these people that just wants to I, I, I want to see her in SGC. Like that that was a, my original thought. Throw her in as an honor, really? honorary member of SGC for one night because I want to see her like out drink. Yeah, I want to see her out drink like Matthew Justice and Mance Warner. And I'm like, oh, you guys are pansies. I'm just getting started. Bartender, give me another one. Like, I would like to see like a little video of them just like not being able to keep, keep up with her because she's she's like had the party atmosphere kind of uh, gimmick and character going on. And uh, seeing her against Alley Catch, I was interested to see how they would go on because, like I said, I know. This one, I actually knew what both competitors could bring to the ring, and I thought, stylistically, this could be a good match. Well, you got the two party girls here. So yes. the match actually starts by drinking. So Session Moth will uh, come to the ring with a drink and offer some to Allie. Allie leaves, comes back in with her own drink. So here we go. We get drink chance. Both girls end up kind of chugging. Uh, the ladies are kind of not 21 they're obviously a, a touch older than that. So if you can think of like, there's a movie with the naughty moms. So if you can think of that, like, it's kind of like that. But Session Moth, um, she comes out. I haven't actually heard Sandstorm in a while. So it was kind of cool to hear like, so that was kind of fun. But I think Session Moth means party girl. Does that kind of sound right? Like. I never heard them give a reason to the name. Okay, I think yeah. maybe I did see the name one time, the moth name, how, how, what the play on was that. I just don't remember it, but uh, something in Ring of Honor, I remember seeing like the play on words with the the session moth stuff, but I'm not 100% on that. And and again, it's it's opinion, but it looked like, like if you ever see two moms fight in a kid drop off line <laughs> at school, like that's what it looked like with these two. And again, I just, that's what it looked like. It just is what it is. In my opinion, it's just but there was a session moth heel turn mid-match that I thought was fantastic. I'm always a big fan of the mid-match turns. I, I love those. I wouldn't trust a woman with that many kids came out of commentary. I thought that was absolutely <laughs> freaking fantastic. OK, so Allie, this is something I just wanted to kind of just for a second. But Allie did the Effie thing where she kind of like dropped down to her knees and she's like, come on. And. So I know that a lot of the moves in wrestling are, you know, they're kind of borrowed or whatever, right? But honestly, like, I think this is a point where maybe here, Allie's strong enough. I think she needs to detach from Effie and be her own person. I think she's strong enough to stand on her own. It's always him and her, him and her. And really, I would like to see just her um, because she needs to shine. It's time. She's been there for so damn long. It's time to get out there and show everything you've got maybe show everybody how you've developed in the past year year and a half we'd like to see that we've obviously seen some ass kicking with bussy so let's get her out of there on her own and detach and let's see what she can really do because she can't be she she could not have went downhill at all she had to have improved so i just want to see it and with session she reminds me of a yeah. british odb for that's TNA a, wrestling back in the day. 
Great comparison right there. That's awesome comparison. I didn't think about that. You said it. A big old smile came across my face. I love seeing that name. That was awesome. That was good. Uh, going to the alley and uh, Effie thing. I'm 50-50. You don't you. even have to say anything. You don't even have no. to say anything. I just, just my opinion on it was I want to see her now uh, act on her own. Yeah, I, I'm 50-50 yeah. on it. Where I could, I wouldn't mind seeing Team Bussy stay as a team because I do find them very entertaining. And their tag mm -hmm. run was special, in my opinion. But I think I think when they put them together, they were kind of at a need for tag teams at that time or thought they Absolutely. would do something special, yeah. which they, they are special as a tag team. They are different. That's what we've been saying, mm -hmm. a variety. But I think they've been together Love for so it. long. They had their tag title run. They've kind of wrestled almost all the tag teams there is, except they announced one for, I think it's Fight Club, which I'm all for. Team Bussy against Jordan and Nick Wayne. That's one we have not seen. Oh, my. So I was excited for that one. But yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing them as a tag team because I think they do work together. I just I also where I'm 50 percent or 50 50 years. I wouldn't mind seeing them break up because they've kind of went through the entire tag division. And what more is there left? You've been tag teams. You've been tag champions. You had an incredible run. You wrestled a lot of new talents. You wrestled a lot of the GCW regulars that in a bunch of different kind of matches. You've had great matches and stuff like that. Where I I would not, wouldn't mind seeing a kind of a alley catch turning on Effie kind of thing of like, hey, you're the reason we lost the tag belts. You've gotten too far into your own head where you forgot about the prize at hand. And I would like to see her be the one that turns heel on Effie, and then you can now we got a storyline with. Effie and Alley Catch going at it, which would go for a long time. I think oh it my. could go. And there's a lot of stuff you could do with it with them being SGC members. Alley Catch could go through SGC to get to Effie, or Effie uses SGC as a protection against Effie because Alley Catch busts out the knife on Effie. Like, I just, I think there's a lot of positives you could do together. There's a lot of positives you could do separately. And I don't think they could go wrong either way. But I, I am kind of with you where I'm. What's next for Team Bussy? What could possibly be next and better after doing what you've done as a tag team? And they've been together for a while. It's kind of been a long time they've been together. I think it's been over a year, if not, if I'm not mistaken. And in independent, independent world, that's a long time to kind of stay together and kind of run a story and a team and with uh, a little, like how they have SGC, Team Bussy and stuff like that. So I just, I think there is a, a lot of ways they could go with it that would be for the positive with a team or separately. And I would kind of like to see it. I would like to see, as you said, Ali Catch was, I think she fought against Nick Gage for the GCW World title before, but I'm not mistaken. And she's one of these ones too, where as her and Effie, as much as they did in the tag division, I could see Ali Catch doing a little run through SGC to get to the king, Nick Gage, if Nick Gage beats Moxley. And that would be a cool moment of Ali Catch going against Nick Gage and maybe Nick. Alley Catch is a GCW world title yep. holder. Like, Read who knows? I just think there's a lot of things they could do, as you said, separately. Then there's together, they've kind of done everything. Or even they could do it amicably and separate themselves. But I think that wouldn't, that would just kind of put them both back where they were. Where I think if they kind of, one of them turned on the other, it would lead and open up a lot more storylines for the next few months of shows. And you could do a lot of different stuff with that in the positive, in my opinion. So in this case, too, I'd say that there's no offer on switch on this one. There could be a lot of gray area. They could come back as a tag team for specific matches yeah. if they're challenged and whatnot. Um, but I think it would be nice to see Bussy together. And I would like to see somebody fuck over the other one. Yeah. And that turns into a whole big deal for the next 
two months, three months, four months, and then give them the payoff at homecoming. Do yeah. let them do it at homecoming go. And then from there though, like I said, uh, where is that alley that took on Nick Gage? I want that back. Okay. I want her to go back in there and, and take on whomever and prove herself by herself. No Effie at the ringside. No, nobody else. Just her go out there as a single individual and just fucking thump ass. I'd love to really see it because I, I, she, I don't think she needs help. I think she just needs it's, to like, it's, it's yeah. I think she just needs a little tweak to her gimmick. I mean, she's changed. She's gone from what alleyway. I don't, I think I remember seeing her once or twice as alleyway. Alley cat. To alley yeah. cat. To now alley catch. And boom, do another different version if you like. And I think it would be a good, clean, refreshing gimmick that would refresh her and give her a bunch of new options to do with new talent that she hasn't worked with lately because she's been working as a tag team. I, I, I think there's a lot of, like, as you said, a lot of positive if they go separate ways. And, there is a positive keeping it together, keeping Team Bussy. Everybody loves Team Bussy, but I think they've kind of not ran their course, but I just think as of right now, what is left for them to do that would be a realistic carrot to chase after, after you've already been the tag holders, after we had all these same matches. I just think, I, I was thinking maybe during, let's say, the um, Jordan match and Nick Wayne. Maybe Alley Catch is getting frustrated or they she can't keep up with their speed and this young talent's making them look bad and she gets mad and pulls out the knife and then FP's like, whoa, 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 guys, they're just kids. Calm down. Well, no, not Jordan being a kid, but Jordan's still young. But hey, they're just kids. We're not doing this. Calm down. And then Alley Catch is like, this is the reason we lost the belts because you didn't want to go that extra step. And then she turns a knife on FP and like, I don't know. I think there's a bunch yeah. of different booking where I think if she's the one that turns on FP, it would be incredible for both and I mean, we've seen Alley Catch as a heel in other promotions, and she's evolving and changing her, tweaking her gimmick for that other promotion. Where I would like to see that same kind of tweak to the gimmick, maybe to uh, back in GCW, or maybe even bumped up a notch or two. So I think there's a lot of stuff that they could do where that could be positive. And I, who knows? Who knows? That's the beauty of wrestling, right? We get to wait and see and hope for it all. I would like to see her fuck over Effie three matches, four matches in a row and play dumb. And then all of a sudden she does it and kind of plays the ground like, oops. And then it turns into a, why did you do this to me? Blah, blah, blah. I I think that would actually be really interesting to have those two, the, you know, ultimate friends kind of turn on each other. And yeah, I think the payoff would be great at a, at a big place, like with homecoming or whatnot, one of those shows, maybe a collective and she, um, but and yeah, Ali brought up. Oh, go ahead, buddy. No, I was just saying she kind of deserves it. She's one of these wrestlers where she's been like top five wrestling, just like how Jordan, Jimmy Lloyd, Effie, and they she's put in a win streak where it makes logistically and realistic sense of why would she get the title match? Because she's one of the top wrestlers for GCW, singles or not singles, or singles or tags, not singles, same thing. But like I think that it would prove that she's earned it. And she, I think it would be a cool, like not a cool moment, especially if she's a heel, it'd be a different moment, but it's still a cool moment, but not a feel good moment as what we kind of get at some of these shows. But I think, I think they got a lot, they could do a lot with Allie Catch. I was really surprised that Allie brought out the knife in England. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know if there was any, you know, but it's a gimmick kind of situation, but she eventually starts cutting open Martina and Martina does start bleeding. And then Allie goes over and grabs a beer and pours beer on her head with those cuts. And I'm like, Oh, but Fashion can wrestle for sure. And I do believe she's definitely, strong for her size and she's improved like that when i used to sing her ring of honor like this was way better than the matches i saw in ring of honor no knock on her run a ring of honor but 
I thought I think her gimmick was over, and that's why they pushed her in Ring of Honor like that. But the in ring mm-hmm. wasn't quite up to par with the gimmick. Where now, whatever she's, I don't know how long she's been in the UK and wrestling and honing her craft there. Like I don't know how long, but it, there was definitely improvement there, and it was a joy to see her improve. Like how you said she could go in the ring. It was that was different. And Ali Catch does pick up the victory as she hits Session Moth Martina with the Bussy Pile Driver for the victory. And then at the end, both women pull out the drinks again and start drinking and dancing like the angry moms at a school picking up their kids. After they fight, you know they go to the after they fight, you know they go they to go the to Applebee's. Chili's, bro. They go yep, to Chili's Applebee's. Applebee's, gets the five dollar blue tequila shark in the middle and have a drink and just like SGC does. We're going to kick each other's ass, but we could have drinks after. Yep. They get all fucked up and talk about their <laughs> shitty neighbor that they have. Becky down the street that makes all the pies that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that will lead us into our yeah. main events of the evening as the <clears throat> Internet title is on the line as the Internet champion Matt Cardona goes one on one with a Reese. And I can't pronounce his name. I'm awful at saying it. I can't say it. But he is impressive. Darice. You're good. Darice? You're okay. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Darice was impressive. Darice's pieces. Oh, that's a good way to remember it. Yeah. Hand me Darice's pieces. I okay. need those little dumb things to remind me of names <laughs> and how to say it. So that's a good one. But uh, yeah, I have... we get on the Japan reviews. Oh, Dude, yeah, some of those names are so hard <laughs> for me. I'm already looking at them going, oh, no. Remember just, Yamashita, uh, not oh. Yamashita. <laughs> oh, that's dude. There are some where I'm gonna have to actually go watch and find out how they say it because I don't like it's just so different for me. So, yeah, this this is easy compared to what we have coming up, my friend. I'm just <laughs> telling you, down the pipeline, some of these some of these ones are these names are very hard to say, and I feel so horrible because I don't want to mess up one of them at all. Yeah, so I'll stick to the that's easy. Awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. take it. I'll take advantage of this easy name then. As Darius, pieces. I liked him. Just the look on him, I was like, I'm in. He looks good. He's got the flashy character. Uh, he came out ready. He came out rapping to his own music. Like I loved it. I thought it was a perfect. Like oh god, Cardona's gonna eat him alive here. Like this is one of these wrestlers like Cardona's. Like I live for this kind of moment. You're the wrestler that I want to just embarrass in front of your hometown and stuff like that. But Day Reese, like, or I'm probably putting too much emphasis on Darius was. He looks good. And like I was excited and I was kind of hoping this wouldn't be a Matt Cardona match where he talked for 10 minutes and then has a five minute match. And then that's it. Like, uh, I'm kind of glad it went as a pretty long match for what we saw tonight and got to see. I wanted to see Jay Reese. That, that's why I didn't want a short match. I want to see what do you have in the ring? Because right now your gimmick is cool. Your look is good. Hopefully you could go in the ring. And he did. And Cardona was a perfect opponent for him. And I was Loving this match as it was happening. What was your thoughts on this match? Darice delivers. Yes. I really couldn't understand the rapping, unfortunately, because just there was there was a lot going on and you just you can't actually understand anything. I wish I would have known what he said because I think if you could it's like it's not like the acclaimed, but yeah, it kind of like if you knew the song, you could kind of rap it along with them kind of thing. No, so. I agree, yeah. Uh, and then Doris had that like spaceman thing going on, like Ziggy Stardust from the 70s. He I was ready it. to take off. Um, yeah, it was kind of like a 50s, 70s, like almost an 80s, like a Michael Jackson kind of. Yeah, Jackie, he had kind of yep. that feel. 
Um, I'm thinking also maybe he was a soccer guy, and this is me obviously being dumb, but I saw a couple parts on his uh, screen during his entrance that had like soccer being field, played. Yeah. Yep, Absolutely. I saw the so same I'm, thing. I'm thinking that. Um, it feels good watching Cardona come out representing GCW. I know he gets the heavy booze. I know he's the bad guy, but I... Again, I have a sense of pride about our company and, and the performers as fans and uh, watching Cardona come out, man. He's he's one of the big guys and he, he's he's damn good at what he does. Even when he's shitting on GCW, it's like I still like it. Like, like I don't know why Quality. it's so weird. Yeah, it's so good and it fits his character and he, everything that he's doing on this run is like awesome and amazing where he can still shit on the company. And yeah, I still want to root for him because he's GCW. Liverpool fucking sucks is what came out of his mouth. I thought that was fantastic. And the fans answered back with woo woo wanker. Loved fucking it. fantastic, dude. There was a lot of drama before the match, too. Um, Matt works the crowd a lot. I love how he works the crowd. The drama that Matt creates, um, it's... It's a lot more than the average match, and that makes it a lot more fun. I have it further down in my notes, but I'm going to tell you, Cardona versus Janela, and you let those two flex their brains to make an imaginative storyline, it could be fantastic between those two. Yeah, we saw it at Hammerstein. Like, once you get those crazy minds, that's where they had 10 mm -hmm. different freaking run-ins where, like, I just remember watching that match. Like, I saw it live, and I'm like, okay, there was a lot going on. Like, even my son, like, we let we were like, hey, we're at Hammerstein. It's your first GCW show. Like, well, you're going to hear some chants. You're going to hear some bad words. Now's the night to say it. Get it out of your system. Enjoy yep, yourself. Have it. fun. And, like, the first first cuss word he said was during the Lucha match where the six-way match where they all were – we had the three-man chicken on each other. And, like, he just turned to me like, Daddy, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, then, <laughs> then Cardona came out. And then all the craziness happened. He's like, Daddy, who's in this damn match? I don't know who's in this match. Because all the run-ins that oh, happened during the Cardona yeah. match and stuff like that. Because we told him during this <laughs> match is probably, like, I was like, hey, hey, don't cuss during the Lucha match. Save your cussing for the fuck Cardona chance. That's when you can get it all out of your system. And... Like, yeah, Cardona's, I love how he's still kind of quote unquote playing the sports entertainer kind of like I'm bigger and better than you. I've been better places. I shouldn't even be down here. And that automatically gets the indie heat on him or hey, like, yeah, you're not, good. Oh, yeah. you're not too good for us. Like you're still one of us now. You're that's why you're not up there. So calm down. Don't get too cocky. But he plays it off so good. And I think he even made mention. Uh, I think it was before this match. He goes like, yeah, you're looking at the number 13 or 12 best wrestler in the world according to pwi yeah. and stuff like that i was like i love like just the cheap heat that he gets it's so amazing and i love how he could still keep the sports entertainer gimmick going in a gcw non-sports entertainment kind of company i liked how just yeah there were so many chants the crowd so alive we had Dries tell uh cardona that chelsea could call 0121 at any time Ooh. and uh yeah that 0121 for anybody who was wondering is the liverpool area code so that was kind of fun to find out the match goes outside the ring off and on <clears throat> a great variety Darius, Darius, is on fire. fire. I'm glad you had that in your notes. Know, I was going to say that dude. one. That was my favorite chant of this match. Uh, Cardona brings out a pizza cutter and teases and then throws it away. He doesn't do anything with it. Matt gets a mic, talks a bunch of shit. Here comes the woo woo wanker, shut the fuck up chance. Darius is on fire chant. I mean, this crowd is just going all over the place. Cardona kind of fakes that arm injury for a while, like, oh, he hurt me. 
Matt is really good at filling time and he has pretty good substance with this. I really want to say that I really do think Matt is a treasure. Like he's a perfect sponge for booze and he takes it so well. And I'm a hundred percent sure he loves it. Yeah. Got to, man. Th that's why I think he's loving the freedom. Cause like, obviously the joke is he sat in catering for 10 years doing nothing. He had one good yeah. moment, but that's it. But I think this is where you see where wrestling starting to change is, Hey, we're not going to force you into a gimmick. We want you to be yourself, but ramped up as Chris Jericho says to a hundred, like our 200. We wanted you to ramp it up and just be yourself. Cause obviously, as we talked a lot, I think last episode, two episodes ago, the more comfortable you are with your character, your moves, the reaction you're going to get, you will be able to own the crowd just like that. And He's has taken since he left WWE. I I did not see this kind of run coming from him. And I think the giant reason is because of GCW, where he earned over a hardcore deathmatch fan base. And he's not a hardcore deathmatch kind of wrestler. So if you could win over like the hardest kind of fans and not be their kind of wrestler and still get the reactions that he does. And it's like, it's legit. Now, like before, it might have been go away, like get off my screen where you don't belong here. Where now it's, as you said, he still represents GCW. We still do kind of like him and are going to root uh -huh. for him, but it is so easy to boo the shit out of him. It's so funny. Like, it, it's just awesome seeing it. Like, I didn't it's even boo him at the, him. yeah, I didn't even boo him at the Vegas show because I'm like, hey, I actually kind of want you to beat Blake Christian tonight. And he still decided yeah. to stop right in front of me and give me the middle finger. I'm like, I'm not you like go boo someone else that's <laughs> booing you like don't get on me and stuff like that but he's killing it right now and i love seeing what happens when you give a superstar like that creative freedom and i just love he's killing it and he's he's doing such a good job everywhere he's going but i really like what he's doing in gcw we have a false finish man false finish Doris thought he won but cardona had his foot on the rope the referee only caught it after this whole thing the bell rang you know bullshit chants are going on eventually the referee went hold on his foot was on the rope you know Doris then eventually pins cardona because i believe there's a point where the referee gets turned around and distracted for a moment this thing goes to a six count, but there's no referee. So Doris would have technically won this in, you know, in the real world here. But no, our winner ends up being Matt Cardona. Second rope radio silence after a low, bow, a low blow on Doris. It was a good match, dude. Yeah, as you said, Cardona makes it all look so effortlessly. Like we're like, hey, like, yeah. He should have won probably, but my foot's on the road. Like, the stories that he's telling, as you said, like him and Janela, those two brains, when they get together, you see all the fuckery and the fun, entertaining stuff that they could do with bringing in nine different turns and heels and faces and messing up the match. Like those, like, as you said, those two brains are crazy working together. And Cardona's just, he's fantastic. And DeReese stepped up. I, I, like I said, I was like, okay, you got the look. You look really good. I like the attire, the gimmick you got. And he proved it in the ring where he's solid. He's one of these ones I definitely want to see in a GCW ring. Or I want to go and now watch TNT just to see how good Jarese is. And watch a Jarese versus, uh, uh, what was his name at the beginning? Matt uh, Maloney, I think his name was at the beginning. Like, uh -huh. uh, I would, yeah, whoever went against Nick Wayne, I forgot. I think it was Maloney. Like, I want to see if those two ever fought against each other. I want to see if... You have a tag team with going against uh, CFP or the Kings of the North. Like, I want to see more Darius, and I'm going to go out of my way to look more stuff up from him and TNT Extreme. You know, this match ends, and Cardona starts beating on Darius with a chair. And here comes Maloney. Yep. Comes out 
to save him, kind of chases uh, Cardona out of the ring. Of course, Cardona does not want to fuck with Maloney. It was fun to watch. Around this time, towards the end of it all, uh, for the Harry Potter fans, because I'm a nerd here, I actually heard the British announcers say snitch, and I thought Harry Potter right off the bat. So I don't know, maybe I know that. I don't know. Maybe I'm a nationist or something. There's some name for me, but I, I had a great time and I thought it was really fun. Um, everybody was happy. That's for damn sure. Yeah, this was everybody a great got start. Sent home happy, dude. Great start to the three shows that they did out there in Liverpool and the fans. Like I said, you, I, my memorable. I'm gonna like I'm gonna give a spoiler. My memorable moment was the fans number one because I don't think without their energy, their chance, and their fun that this show. While it still would have connected and would have been a good show, I think the fans moved it from good to, for me, to, like, really good because I enjoyed it. Yeah. And yes. It, it added a whole new atmosphere, and I loved it. And, all like I said, all these new talents, like, connected. Like, they were all really good. They all looked good in their own special ways. They all looked different, and they looked like they belong in a ring with these GCW people. And I, I was looking forward now to night two, night three, and seeing what would happen and see how many more people we could see that I've never heard of before. You know, GCW in England was just fantastic so far. You're right. This is and, – and like you're saying, I really do think this was the, the starter show, uh, the, the one that had the least amount of action in it of the three. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I I loved it. And like I said, I, I was I was all ready for the next night. I was like, okay, so now that I see that this was a really a TNT production with a lot of their talents involving GCW people in it, where the next night was a GCW only show. I was like, I was wondering, okay, now we can see more hopefully GCW wrestlers, but I still want to see a Darius in the ring. I want to see Kings of the North go against uh maybe a Jordan. Well, we saw that in the third night, Jordan Oliver stuff. Like I really wanted to see more of these new faces. On their show, we actually got a couple more new faces that weren't even on this show the next two nights. Mm-hmm. And I like, there's one Leon Slater. I'm going to give a spoiler alert for our next episode. Go check out Leon Slater. That guy is phenomenal. Yes. That stuff I've never seen. He's great in the ring. Great high flyer. I loved everything about Leon Slater. Like from the next two nights, he was like one of the all-stars. So I was excited see new faces and he was one of them and we saw a couple more new faces as that weekend went on but i was impressed with tnt extreme like it was fun good production good little venue like their logos like the ring i like the the screens and like we actually got to see gcw stars with a like titantron video going on behind them which was oh yeah because we don't really see it unless they go to like the melrose ballroom or like even a hammerstein we didn't even get any hammerstein so like it was nice seeing them kind of, even though it was plain and generic, just with their names on it, but with the different colors and the different actors. I'll take it. it cool. Yeah, I I'll loved take it. it. I love that production it, setting. I don't know what it takes, but we need something like that. I don't know if we have the to venues. steal the one we had from San Francisco. It's the that one. Yeah. Me. Like this one, yeah. obviously, like this is probably like where I'm going to assume this is where TNT runs most majority of the time. I don't know, but Hangar 34, obviously, they had it. So I'm glad GCW decided, hey, like let's. Po- even if it's something simple as their name and graphics and having it move with different colors, something simple like that was a big step forward in production, I think, from them. And I'm glad they took advantage of having the screens there and making quickly making these videos for their wrestlers because I, th- I thought it, in my end, the presentation, it added a lot more to their presentation. And as you said, I would like to see more of it, but I know it goes off of venues and stuff like that. But when you got those videos, I would like to see them use it because... When they, whenever they're in the Melrose Ballroom for like emo night and stuff like that, 
I focus a lot on that night because you see a lot of these graphics that we've never seen, like not before, but we don't see often or haven't seen. And it's cool seeing that production value rise up in the, for the GCW show. And as we talked about, we've been kind of seeing like we get the in ring, we get the awesome dream matches, the awesome shows, the awesome violence. We just want the production levels to get up, like the the sound and the UCC or the videos not skipping, but also that goes off the ven- venues, internet, stuff like that. I just think we've been asking for an uptick in presentation, and at least we got it for this weekend. Who knows what's going to happen in the future, yeah. but at least they took advantage of it this weekend, and I'm glad to see that. Okay, so what do you think? We should do some memorable moments? Yes, go ahead and do it, because I really used one of my three already, but it's all good. No, no problem. Um, I kind of use my one right here, but I just wanted to mention too, Nick Wayne being our first performer for GCW out for the night. This is fantastic. Being introduced to all the new performers that we haven't seen before was really fantastic. I think it's always cool when you're able to look at a new company, which even though it's similar, is somewhat of a different culture. Mm-hmm. So you go, hmm, what does their star look like? Who, you know, who is their beloved? Who's their funny guy? Who's their major heel? How does he act? What does he look like? It's kind of cool to see these, you know, because you do see some general characters across the board. Everyone has their likable heel, you know, um, face. There's these hated heels and everybody has one main one out of each that fits each category. Um it was just fantastic to see something new and GCW always brings it, but this was, this was a whole different experience. And I, I, I hope for all the wrestlers, it's a hundred percent worth it. Um, he wanks, she wanks, everybody wank wanks. <laughs> I thought that was, um, if there's anything I learned over there, that's a masturbatory fucking Island. And I don't know if I should love it or hate it, but maybe I should go over there sometime and, uh, see what the big deal is. Maybe there's like something special over there. I don't know about Margera and oh no, tell me you're gonna say something. I was gonna hop off of like I just said the like I really now want to go to this venue just to go to see how what the toilets look like in that just because that sign was so enticing. I want to go see what a toilet looks like over there now. Dude, I'd be so proud to wank over there <laughs> under the neon sign. They probably have that like two ply paper instead of that one ply shit. Oh, that's, that's probably a, that's fantastic. Thing, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Um, Margera and Cologne, that 10 minute battle was completely filled with excitement. I have to make sure that's a moment. It was good seeing Lando again. Um, it's like watch. It's like seeing an old friend sometimes when you see these people roll around. I didn't expect to see him. I really didn't know he was even going to be on the card. That was a nice surprise. Blake looking very strong as he should. Like you said, that smaller ring. I always picture like if you put a puppy in a small room and it has the zoomies. spins and goes around like that kind of thing yeah and then the last was just cardona making the most of any time he gets and making it entertaining um there's always some form of emotion in his match and he always brings that out and i just i just wanted to use i guess my last memorable moment kind of as just an appreciation because there isn't a boring time when he shows up and if we had a card full of those holy moly yeah i i hate to say it too like he, I think this relationship that GCW Matt Cardona has had since day one has been positive for both ends. It's like I said, I don't think Cardona would be as over on the indies or even without outside of WWE if he hasn't had this kind of run. And I think it might have started really with the GCW Nick Age run because, like, who would expect to see Matt Cardona, WWE wrestler, wrestling a 
death match against Nick fucking Kate, uh, Nick Gage, and like, and he actually did it. He performed amazing in that match. And for him to stick with GCW even after that, which is something he didn't have to do, he could have got his one moment of fame. But I, you can't deny like how much Matt Cardona that match boosted the notoriety, the platform of GCW. Even though like I know a lot of hardcore GCW fans might not want to say that they were like, oh, we would have been just as fine with Cardona. You're right, but I don't think Hammerstein Hammerstein would have happened without Cardona. I don't think they would be getting all these big names that they're still going and getting now because I think Cardona that showed a lot of trust to all these other companies. Like, Hey, if Cardona is working with them, then that must be good. He's a reputable name in the industry. I just think there was a lot of positives for both of them going, uh, starting the relationship. And I love how they kept it because that you can see what Cardona is loving being able to go out there and flip fans off and curse and do all this stuff that he might not be able to do on impact or NWA or anywhere else. Maybe. So I love how they're both capitalizing on a very positive thing and they're both keeping it going and both helping each other out in every situation they're going. I love seeing it because, like I said, Cardona didn't have to do any of that and GCW didn't have to go get Cardona, but I love seeing it and Cardona is very much killing it right now and I'm still glad to see him still with GCW and still killing it and doing all these things for the company as well as the company doing things for him. Uh, My memorable moments, I already said two of them, was... The uh, crowd, the crowd number one was amazing and awesome. That, that's what the most memorable moment for me is just how awesome the crowd was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, shit, I forgot what was the second one was. I just said it. <laughs> well, that's the, okay. The crowd was awesome. Uh, my third one was obviously Jordan getting a big victory, but um, I guess probably about the second one was seeing the new talent. And like I said, they, yes. they were ready. Like they're ready for the 10 minute matches. They told the story. I would like to see them. Like we saw night three TNT versus GCW. I would like to see a part two, maybe in the States, maybe Atlantic City, and seeing like Leon Slater go against Nick Wayne. That was like the first matchup in my mind. I was like, wow, these are two young stars and kids. Like, how do you not put them together during that night? Well, whatever. Like, I, I don't even know if Leon was planned for night three, but how good he was on night two was amazing. So, <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, I would love to see Kings of the North against KTB. I think there's a, like a lot of good symmetry and chemistry with these matches and stylistically would, would make for really good, really good show. And I think hopefully they could capitalize it. Let's say if TNT does come to the States and CW extends that hand and Hey, let's do this now on our territory and let's make you guys feel welcome. Like how you guys did out here, because it was good. I, I like the symmetry of these two companies. There's a lot of companies that GCW kind of does this, like with Revolver, Black Label Pro. Like this would be another company I would like to see them more integrate the talent and tell good stories with the, the talent that they have. No argument, dude. Yeah. I know it's a weird way to end, but no argument. Um, I do have one or two things to go over. Um, if you wanted to, we could go over the PWI 500 because I wanted to mention... Um, I wanted to mention a couple names that uh, that actually made the list that are GCW regulars that I think uh, I think should be mentioned. So yes. let me go ahead and find that real quick here. So <laughs> we had 10 people in the top 50 and um, we've got Gresham at number 10, John Moxley at number 12, Cardona, number 13, Osprey, number 27. Mike Bailey, number 30, Bandito, 31, Psycho Clown, 41, 
uh, 30, yeah, Bandito, 31, Psycho Clown, 41. Jacob Fatu came in at 42. Minoru Suzuki, 44. Frey Miguel, 49. That's, the, that's 10 in the top 50. So I'm going to kind of stretch it out now. What I'm going to do is kind of go more with the regulars so that we don't go too far here because there are a lot of names. Um, some more of the regulars. Laredo Kid, 66. Mystico, 68. I only want to mention it because it's funny. Filthy fucking Tom Lawler. <laughs> 69 he's 69 yeah uh, alex shelley 70 fe 95 ninja mac 99 homicide 105 masha slamovich 110 ali catch 111 nick gage 112 tony deppin 143 alec price 159 that's amazing uh mark and jay briscoe 196 and 197 amazing in a good way um dark chic at 203 fuck yes alex cologne 211 nick wayne 212 drew parker 215 drillistico 218 uh ach 219 blake christian 222 who else we have here that's worth it uh joey janella 260 billy starks 263 kevin blackwood 289 alex zane 300 way too fucking low rita yamashita 313 hoodfoot 317 cole radrick a touch too low at 320 kid bandit 321 jordan oliver only 334 bullshit um <laughs> yeah, so that was an, uh, one called Manners, 358. Latest, 363. Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, respectively, 365, three, uh, 365, 375. Um, Slade is higher ranked than them. That's an awkward yeah. one. Uh, personally, personally. Yep. Juicy Finale, 381. Lufisto, 390. Brandon Kirk, 396. Ricky Morton, 402. Jimmy Lloyd, 415. Is that Ricky uh, Martin Kira. Jr.? Sorry to interrupt you. Is that Jr. Yes. or Senior? That's senior. He's still on the top 500. That's amazing. And motherfucker can go. His That's son, Kerry Morton, is at 448. Wow. Um, let's see. Akira, 429. Shazam McKenzie, 442. Gringo Loco, 444. Way too low. Yes. Charles Mason, 447. Kerry Morton, there's 448. Super Crazy, 449. Jay Vidal, well, we really haven't, but... 455, way too low. Jack Cartwheel, 460, way too low. Marcus Mathers, 461, way too low. Sawyer Rec rounds out at 470, and I know she'll be climbing next year. Yeah, the, I think the the most surprising name for me on that list was Drew Parker. Like, that's Alec awesome. Alex Price for me. Alex Price, too. Yeah, him gets the briscoes. When you said that yesterday, I was going to make a comment with that, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to start another 30 minute segment there, but uh, <laughs> same thing here. I don't want to start another yeah. 30 second, but we will definitely talk about that over these next couple episodes. We could chime in here and there with it, but Drew Parker, what number was he again? Top 100? Okay. Or yeah, Drew 140? Parker was 215. Oh, 215. Just seeing him on there, him getting that recognition. Alec Price is 159. 159. It's incredible. Like Drew yeah, Parker getting so... that recognition for uh, wrestling death matches for Freedoms or BJW, whatever he's wrestling out in Japan. It's. To get that recognition from a deathmatch style in another country to get that high is that's impressive to me. That, that that's I'm shocked about it. Like he definitely earns it. Like I want to see him come to GCW full time. That would be the most spoiled moment of our careers. Like we already got Los Macisos. Like if I get Drew Parker in GCW full time, it like I that kid is incredible. I love Drew Parker. Well, what I want to do, what I want to kind of say about all this is especially for fans that we have to be thankful and to the people at GCW, we have to be thankful. I counted 73 participants 
out of 500 on this list have worked at AEW in some capacity in the last 12 months. ECW. 73 out of, I'm sorry, what did I say? AEW again. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Uh, yeah, at GCW, 73 GCW performers. That's, that's, I mean, I don't think other companies are bringing that many no, talents in in the top 500. And you see the variety of the list, too, is crazy. Like, that's where we always say, like, Brett or whoever, I'm going to assume it's Brett. But, like, whenever you we are seeing these commanders come out of nowhere and Nick Wayne come out of nowhere, uh, Leon Slater, this one, like, their eye for talent and bringing new talent into GCW that I've never heard of. I'm not saying that nobody's ever heard of, but I've never heard of is uh, the times it's worked out is 90 98% 98% of the time, I want to see them back in the ring. And maybe two of these people that I've never seen before, they bring in a GCW ring. It's not that I don't want to see him again. It's just, hey, I don't think you're ready at this moment. You got the opportunity. Yeah. You did a good job. I don't think you're good enough to see you more often. So keep honing your craft, get better. And I would love to see you back in a GCW ring in a couple months and to see the growth. That's why I was talking about. I love seeing the growth and the eye for talent that they're getting to show up to these GCW events is just mind blowing to me. And that's what that's part of the love for GCW is they, they just go outside the box and get the crazy matchups and these crazy wrestlers and eye for talent that they have and put them on our screens and make us fall in love with them real fast. And I love seeing it. So thank you, GCW. That is an impressive list for one company that is a indie company, quote unquote, people want to say, and like it's a derogatory term to have that many wrestlers come through your company quite often and have a good reputation to get them back more is it's amazing. And I think that's just a testament to the stuff that they really do very well in ECW. Like that's, that's a testament to how good they've been honored for the last couple of years. And so it's just awesome seeing. And like, I, like I said, I couldn't wait to cover the next two shows. Cause they just get more impressive and impressive. And then from there we went to Japan, which has happened this last couple of days. And, I cannot wait to watch those shows. Like just like off the card alone is amazing. But now like on ECW Patreon, we've been kind of seeing some pictures, not really spoilers here or there, but like a lot of pictures of the actions and what happens. And just a lot of violence expected uh, when you're watching the GCW shows in Japan. So I cannot wait to cover these over these next couple episodes. Is there anything else you would like to say before we send them off and before we cover GCW in Liverpool? Yeah, actually, I think we're starting to see now that when we release these shows, there are people that are regularly listening. And for those people that do regularly listen to us, thank you so much. We really do appreciate what you're doing. We do put a lot of hard work into this, and it really is just for the love. So um, whoever does appreciate it, that's awesome because we, we really enjoy doing these. Yeah, and like I said, I know we're behind. I know you've heard this before. We'll catch up. Hopefully we've proven to you that we have caught up or we will catch up and we just need yes. to prove to you that we will stay caught up. But unfortunately I got sick, life happens and we do apologize, yeah. but we do like, I know how hard it is if something has happened already and it's been a week or two out. I don't know if I would go back and listen to it unless I really enjoyed it. So that's the kind of feeling I'm getting. If you're coming back and listen to this episode and even though the event happened last weekend, I, yeah, we appreciate you coming back and listening to us and, like we just appreciate it. It's been it's been it's crazy to see the numbers that I'm seeing whenever like every day seeing the new listeners and how many listeners have listened and I didn't release an episode for a week and then we were still getting listeners. It's it's just been amazing. It's fun. 
like I said, like how you said, we're not doing this for the money or anything. No. Uh, it's 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 just for the love to spread the GCW word, to talk wrestling and get more fans onto the GCW uh wagon because there's always room for more GCW plants out there. So uh we do appreciate it. and yeah, I uh have the same sentiment as John. Thank you all very much because I know we're behind here, but you saw we released the other one yesterday and it got a lot got a lot of listens today. So hopefully this one will continue to doing good. If not, I get it because I don't know if I would go back and listen to a show a week old that's already happened. But we do appreciate you all. Uh, yeah, we do appreciate spreading the word. I see a lot of people, well, not a lot of people. I've been seeing more people as the weeks have gone by. Of like, oh, there's a GCW podcast. So uh, if you have friends that are into GCW or you want to get them on, please shout out our podcast. Shout out their Patreon. Shout out GCW on their Fight TV. Like, we just want to get you involved because, as a lot of people, they had no idea there's a GCW podcast, period, let alone a fan made one. And we try to keep it fan made. We don't work for GCW at all. As you see, we, we give our opinions on what we could they could improve. We give our opinions on what's been awesome and amazing that they have been doing. So just keep on spreading the word if you uh, are out there and enjoying it and want other people to be aware of this. Because like I said, I think a lot of people are not aware that there's a GCW podcast out there. So if you want more GCW content, we're very happy that you choose us as one of your outlets. But please continue to spread the word and uh, get some more people on this GCW podcast or on the GCW shows and going to the events and listening to the podcast if you so so feel the right to do so. But go ahead and spread the word because we're having fun doing this and we just want other people to enjoy what we have been enjoying. And that's how me and you became friends and got to know each other was the same exact yep. way. So obviously it can be done. And I see a lot of people like too, like they bring their friends to the first time GCW show that might not have watched wrestling in the last 10 years because of whatever reason. And they're like, holy shit, this is what wrestling's like nowadays. It's like, well, kind of, but in the GCW way, yes, that is what you can expect every single show. So. Just keep on spreading GCW love out there. And uh, if you're enjoying the podcast and want your friends and family to enjoy the podcast too, don't be afraid to uh, share our love as well. We do appreciate every single one of you out there that is listening. On behalf of myself and Mr. John J. Wolf, we will bid you adieu as we will cover GCW in Liverpool on our next episode on the GCW Plant Podcast. And like always, we will never get it right, but we will always, well, I will at least always try our best. But, yeah, you will. <laughs> but as always, long live, live GCW. G-C-W. Oh, you're behind me. Ah. Behind you, I was ahead of you. <laughs> Good night.